people of the world, welcome back to Across 213 with your favorite podcast hosts, Ruby and Annie. So before we get into the bulk of this week, it's time for the weekly struggle and success. Ruby, what did you succeed with this week? I guess this week's success is that I baked cookies the other day. Yeah, They were very good cookies. So that's my success of the week. What kind of cookies? There's this bakery in Texas. It's, um, it's in Waco. If you watch Fixer Upper on HGTV, it's where their show, where they live and stuff. And so they have a bakery there. And so the cookie that I made is from their bakery. It's like a recipe from their recipe book. It's called the Silos Cookies, I think. And it's basically just everything thrown into a cookie, which is pretty great. That sounds really good. What did you succeed with this week? This week, I got an exam mark back but it's just like a it's just like a right now exam mark it's not official and I did pretty okay and I'm proud of myself yay yay what is something that you struggled with this week so um I'm taking like a winter course for three weeks and um last night we we had like an assignment due but I forgot to do the other half of it because I didn't know it was there until like 11, I was like 11.59. Someone texted in the group, I was like, Harris, we would do this. And I was already in bed and I was like, oh my God, I forgot. So I got on my computer, was like in the dark at like 12 a.m. trying to finish that one part. That was stressful. Like I couldn't go back to sleep after that because I had like adrenaline rush of trying to finish my work. <laughs> it do be like that. What about you? So funny story, um, on that exam, the couple of marks that I missed, like while I was taking it, I was like, I don't remember this material being covered. Did I not listen to a lecture? No, I did all of my lectures. But jokes on me, I went back into the course like shell yesterday. I didn't listen to two lectures. And those two lectures had the exact material in which I was confused on on the exam. That's a big fail. That's a high five for me. Um, Lecture 22C to lecture 22D, you got me real good. (laughs) I think sometimes it's the thing that you least expect to be on it or the thing you don't want it to be on. It's always there. It will show up. I just didn't listen to lectures. I like just didn't finish my lectures. The joy of asynchronous classes, ladies and gentlemen. So this week we are gonna talk something fun. So we're both really into music. And so we are gonna talk about everything to do with music, our music backgrounds, our favorite artists, our favorite songs, albums, performances, everything about music. We're gonna talk about it. So before we jump into all of that, why are we at least a little bit qualified to talk about music? So Ruby, what makes you a music connoisseur? I wouldn't call myself a connoisseur by any means, (laughs) but um, I have played the piano since I was five, and that is 13 years of my life. I was also in choir in elementary school for I think two or three years, and I've taken all kinds of music classes, I was in band for a single year in middle school. Wasn't very good at it, which is probably why I didn't stick with it. I think in general, I have a love-hate relationship with music. Just because if you don't know, when you're little, playing piano, especially for me, 
it was very stressful because I got yelled at a lot and it was a lot of crying and a lot of, you know, angry moments. And then in high school, I got busy with school, so I never really got the chance to practice a lot. Recently in quarantine, I've just picked it back up and I actually enjoy it now, which is very good. I also learned to play the ukulele, which is so cute. What about you? I kind of went along the same route, except I guess I'm not a stereotypical Asian in which I didn't learn a musical instrument growing up. Instead, I I was a choir kid for like nine years. And then when I hit middle school, I was in band with Ruby, but I stuck with it. I did band for six years and I quite enjoy karaoke. So I'm not like, I don't have as cool, I guess, of of a music story as Ruby does. But music has been in my life for as long as I can remember. Yeah, so I think along with that, it also kind of goes with how um, we are both Chinese. And I think we are into Asian music, like Eastern and the Western music, like both sides. And so how did you get into Asian music? Well, first of all, I think I think majority, well, I don't want to generalize, but at least a lot of uh, Chinese parents, or at least the Chinese culture, we really like music and singing, especially singing. Like if, if, if you're in China and you go out with your like colleagues to lunch or something, because that's just what people do. A lot of the times you're bringing them to like a karaoke place. I don't know why, but like singing is just such a big thing in East Asia. Um, I also watch a lot of Asian TV. Like I watch a lot of dramas and variety shows. Half because like I want to learn um, the language better. But watching all that TV also exposes me to a bunch of music, right? So I guess it's uh, kind of a side effect of watching so much tv and i also really enjoy chinese instruments like classical instruments traditional instruments i think they're really awesome like (laughs) you have this type of uh stringed instrument in china called like the horse head i don't know how to translate this directly but there's like one string on it and it can make so many tones and notes and it's just mind-boggling um away from the classical side of things i guess but how i got into like k-pop and east asian pop was when i was in my first year of junior high i had friends who introduced me to it what about you ruby i think it's along the same lines as yours i think it's just um music has always been a really big part in our family and like whenever I went back to China you know my grandma she's really big on music and I think like for the summer that I went back I took like piano lessons to learn this traditional piano piece and you know it was really cool I I can still kind of play it now but like just music has always been really big in our family and we also used to I think for like a solid three or four years we'd watch this Chinese singing show every Friday during dinner for like, I want to say three or four years straight. It was actually our same friend who introduced me to K-pop and it's really cool. And I think with that, it also brought me to listen to and appreciate Chinese pop 
too, I as, guess. As, as cringy as it is. C-pop? <laughs> I hate saying C-pop because it just always sounds wrong. So now that uh, you realize how qualified we are to be hosting this episode today, what are some of your favorite artists that people should get to know a little bit better? This was really, really hard to choose because I listened to like a really weird mishmash of music. Um, but I can say that definitely one of my top artists, at least for the past couple years, has been NCT. Um, and sitting in the house! <laughs> they are probably the only reason that I am still sane right now and I somehow got through high school alive. I'm also really into EXO, which is also a K-pop group, mainly because they were the first group that I really listened to when I got into K-pop. So it's been a long journey with them, but they're still one of my favorites, even though they haven't like really been releasing a ton of new songs. I don't want to say I'm embarrassed by this one, but... um, He's a great artist. <laughs> don't, don't get us wrong. There's nothing embarrassing about liking this person. <laughs> I'm a big Shawn Mendes fan. I know um, he's, you know, he's very like your stereotypical pop singer. There are some good songs in there. It may not be the title track of his album, but I like other songs that he has in those albums. And the last one, I feel like, is kind of obvious and is like the common one between us here is BTS. Everyone knows BTS now because, you know, they're huge in America. But, you know, I think this is a point that I can really brag about is that I have known about them since like what? 20, 2014. 2014, I want to say. So, you know the OG here. <laughs> what about you? Okay, so first of all, since BTS is both like our common middle ground, what is your favorite BTS era? Oh my god. Um, I'm putting you on the spot right now. <laughs> okay, okay. Favorite BTS era. Love yourself, answer. Was answer the first one? I thought it was the second one. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> Maybe her, no, her was the first one. I'm sorry, ha. guys. <laughs> I, big fan of that one because... Right after they released it, they went on a world tour, and I saw them on tour. And so it's one of my favorite albums. That I'm pretty sure I saw almost all of those songs live, which is highlight of my life thus far. What's your favorite era? So um, living in Calgary, Alberta, Cowtown, I haven't seen BTS live <laughs> because they do not come within like a 1,000 kilometer radius of the city. But... My favorite BTS era is Wings. Oh, Wings was so good. I love Wings so much. And I'm so upset that I'll never be able to see them tour Wings because that was like a 2015 era. I don't know. I think some of their older eras, controversial, but it's, I feel like it's kind of better than some of their newer eras. We'll get into that later. <laughs> Continuing with the, the others on my list, when Ruby talked about stereotypical pop, <laughs> I, am, I, I am not a, a stranger to stereotypical pop. Um, I know the entirety of Ariana Grande's discography. I don't know why I like her so much. I just do. She has that vibe that I uh, thoroughly want to embody one day. That powerful, are we allowed to swear on this podcast? I, I, I don't know. That powerful bad girl energy, you know, I want that for me. 
a little bit away from stereotypical pop, but still pretty much stereotypical pop. I really love Martine. He's an artist I've been getting into a little bit more recently in the past couple years, maybe like past two years. But I really like his style. Um, I think he self-produces his music. He has like a mixed influence in his music. It's not just 100% pop. It's just really good. You should check him out. His vibe is awesome. And I'm pretty sure he's also our age, <laughs> which kind of makes me like, I could be hit. No, anyway, uh, my last favorite artist, quote unquote. Okay, I'm kind of cheating because it's not an artist. It's a music label. But trust me, they're basically one artist. I love higher music. They put out such a fire fire albums and basically the in the first week of university they released blue tape which is an album that they like collectively made as as a label and they are the reason why i got through my first month of university so now to talk about some of our favorite artists this is a very important question what is one song that is always on your playlist no matter what always okay this is, I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't know what this song is, which is understandable. But I think since 2016, I want to say What You Need by Lay has been on my playlist, which kind of plays into like why people call me a frat boy. <laughs> but this song is so good. Um, it's it's C pop Chinese pop music. It's just so good. It makes me so happy. The vibes are bright. What about you, Ruby? I want to say this song has been on almost every single one of my playlists since twenty fourteen. I think, or like wow. it has somehow made its way onto all of my playlists, even if it wasn't there originally. It's Peter Pan by EXO but specifically the Chinese version because when I first put it onto my playlist it was when EXO was still you know in EXO-M and EXO-K and pain at that time I I had this whole thing of like because people were all like you know why you listen to K-pop and you can't really understand the language but I was like no 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 EXO has Chinese songs I am Chinese I understand Chinese but to be honest I don't really know half the things they're saying because they say it so fast. <laughs> it's the feel. And the song is just really, it's very, you know, a lot of fun. Nostalgia. Nostalgia. It's, it's a good song. I think it's still on my playlist to this day. Okay, now that you've gotten to know a bit of our favorite artists and one song that is like a vermin and will never leave our playlist, what are some of your favorite genres and why do you enjoy it, Ruby? I basically like anything that's acoustic i don't like songs that are like super duper hype not i mean i enjoy those songs in certain occasions but most of the time i listen to like acoustic songs so anything if it's like a pop song that's acoustic cover i'll probably listen to it or if there's an entire album that's just all acoustic i'll probably listen to it for a very long time i listened to K&D while I studied. However, in recent times, I have been listening to Do Not Judge Me. This is completely normal. I promise. How to Train a Dragon, ambiance, background music. 
It's like a three-hour YouTube video. I also listen to Studio Ghibli because they have a lot of really good songs. It's really cute. And Yuruma, we love piano music because I am a pianist. No, just kidding. I'm not. What about you? I mainly listen to anything. I think that's what a lot of people would say. Like, I would guess the majority of people wouldn't just stick to one genre, right? Like, a lot of people are open to most types of music. But I specifically love R&B and anything with, like, R&B influence. And on the note of what you study, too... I listen to either Chinese OSTs from from like dramas or TV shows, or very specifically study at Hogwarts ambiance music, where it's like also two hours long. And sometimes I listen to specific houses ambiance music. It's really good. When I fold laundry, though, I listen to Kai's new album. Go check it out. It's really good. It's a beautiful album. Honestly. It is. I was floored for like maybe a week. <laughs> yeah. I can't listen to it because ever listen to it, I'm just like so distracted. Like I can't, like I have to then <laughs> listen. Like I can't do something else at the same time. But it's a That's really why good I album. laundry to it. <laughs> so I think now that we've sort of talked about our favorite genres of music, our favorite artists, and as you know, we both are very involved in music, have always been involved in music. We're going to sort of talk about what we wish our music and, and not ambitions, but what we wish we could have done with music. So Annie, what do you wish that you had done? As I said before, uh, growing up, I sang instead of playing an instrument. So I really, really wish that I played an instrument full time, I guess, like even though I was in band for six years, I switched between two instruments and I wasn't really like 24-7, like super dedicated to band music per se. So I, I really wish that I took the time to either learn piano or back to traditional Chinese instruments or the guzheng. And it's I just wish I had that ability to be able to, to sit in a dark room and play with my fingers on the keys slash strings and be super cool. I think Ruby is really cool because she can play the piano, but I can't. Another thing is like, I think every person, probably mainly nowadays, wanted to become an idol at least once or seven times growing up in their lives, right? So some people may know, but NCT has a specific unit called NCT Dream, and they are the younger members of the colossal group. And some of them are either our age or very, very close to our age. And since they have members that are our age or at least close to our age, it makes me wonder, like, how come I didn't drop everything, fly to Asia and become an idol? One of my biggest things looking at it now is that I wish that I had stayed in choir for longer. Honestly, it was because at that time I had so many like extracurriculars going on and I had to choose between choir or ballet. And at that time I wanted to be a ballerina. So I was like, Ooh, I was like, so cute. Oh my God. I-, I was like, I want to do that. Um, choir. It's okay. Like I wasn't very good at singing, but I enjoyed going to choir, but I was like, you know, it's okay. But looking at it now, I kind of wish I stuck with it just because I have very mediocre singing. I sometimes Do not say that. How dare you? I sometimes you sound like an angel. Apologize that... to yourself. 
I sometimes wish that I had just stuck with it for longer just to like actually learn more about it because when you're seven you don't there's not that much depth to your musical education in choir it's just you sing some cute songs and stuff but I wish I had like, stuck with it for longer so that way I actually you know would have learned more about it and I wish that I learned another instrument because everyone always tells me that once you learn the piano it's really easy to learn a bunch of other instruments because it's like the general like it's like general like the idea of music and how to play things and rhythm and all that stuff it's easy to build on it from piano but because I was just so dedicated to piano um, I never learned another instrument which I really wish I did because I feel like it'd be so much fun to play something else I always want to learn the guitar but um, playing the ukulele is a struggle like I I have tiny fingers and sometimes I can't reach some of the chords and the ukulele has four strings and the guitar has six and I'm like I don't think I'm physically able to do that. But that's all good. Okay. <laughs> Small hands. Along the lines of what Annie was sort of saying is I think if you're into K-pop, there has been at least once that you have thought about dropping everything and going to become an idol. And I know it's easier said than done because like obviously you need to be talented enough for them to even want you. And then you and like so funny story. <laughs> My freshman year of high school, I had just moved to Texas, and I basically had no friends, and I was very very sad the whole time. I you know it was a sad time, and then it was during that time that I think SM released a new SM rookie, Ning Ning, and she literally just debuted in As Aspa Ispa. I don't know how to pronounce. She a- literally just debuted like a month ago. But I remember looking at it. She's the same age as us. And I was like, I can do Is that. She? Yeah, she's an O2 liner. And I remember looking at that 14-year-old me. And I was like, I could do that. And so I almost auditioned for SM and JYP. But I ended up not doing it because I did this mental checklist. I was like, okay, Ruby, let's, let's go through this list. I was like, are you good at singing? Not really. Be a rapper. Are you good at dancing? Mm, not really. Um, Be the are visual. You, can you rap? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> are you gorgeous and beautiful? Mm, not really. And I was like, and also you're not like 90 pounds. Fact. And then school got busy and, you know, I just forgot about that far-fetched dream. Until, you know, um, quarantine does some weird stuff to you in which it makes you sit and think and wonder so much. And I think it was in September when it's like full circle, like I'm a freshman in college now. And it was in September when honestly, I hated college. I was like, you know, I had basically failed my first chemistry quiz. And I was like, this is the end of the world. I'm, I'm a failure. <laughs> And I saw that big hit entertainment and like their whole, I think it's called the B-Lift Lab project. They did this, I forgot what it was called, but it was what they did for N-Hyphen and it was like a survival show sort of a thing. They were asking for females to apply, I think, because they're doing a season two with females. And I was like, oh. And this time I actually submitted an application because I was like, you have nothing to lose. Like you have literally nothing to lose if you don't get in there's literally nothing you're losing and if you do get in which by some stroke of miracle if you did 
you also have nothing to lose. Spoiler alert, did not get it. <laughs> but you know, it was it's definitely something that I've thought about. And I think in the past couple months, I've thought about it too seriously to a point where I'm just like, are you okay? Snap back to reality. Like you are old as far as K-pop standards go. You're not. Uh, I am. You're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not old, dude. I'm pretty sure on, like, in in hyphen, hyphen, and I don't know how to say that name, but the, the, the new big hit boy band, I'm pretty sure they were members in that band that are older than we are, and they just debuted. I swear their oldest member is an O2 liner. They are not. I'm pretty sure there are some 98, 98s no way. in there. No way. Yes, yes way. There's no Dude, way they made I it think, into the no, final no. lineup. You are just... <gasps> You know okay. apologize. No, okay. I, no, I, I'm apologize just <laughs> there's no I, I swear the oldest one is an O2 liner. I like I am no, so no, dude. Sure. I think you're just okay. biased. I think you're just biased because you're like because so many bands nowadays think that the mentality is like the younger the better, which is it's just not true. If people have talent, they debut no matter what age you are, right? I'm not that talented. That's what you think, but that's not <laughs> true. How dare you? Anyways, I think if I was actually younger, like three or four years, and I had more talent, I probably would have actually gone with it and tried my luck and see what happened. But um, we're not going to do it now because I have educational obligations and my parents would be very, very, very disappointed. So I think that dream and that ship can set sail and go away and I will not be getting on it but it was a fun time I think a lot of people don't realize how difficult it really is to be an idol what we see the we only see the product of all the work that and time and dedication Mm -hmm. they put in right like well what you see now is the accumulation of like years of struggle and sacrifice and hard work it's really easy to to want to dream and Mm -hmm. believe that you can become an idol but if you if you really dug into the hard work that people have put into their jobs I think that's also a big reason why I never really like because a part of me knows that if I really wanted to do something I would try so hard I'll work so hard to make it happen but a part of me also knows that like I don't think I am mentally or physically strong enough to even if somehow by chance I got into one of these companies or something, there's no way that I think I can actually make it through just because I don't think I have that strong of a mentality. And also because education means too much to me for me to just throw it away, I guess. Yeah, it wouldn't be too, too much of like a, it would make sense if, you say you had to throw away education in order to become an idol because being an idol is more than a full-time job it's like mm-hmm. a full-time job times seven i honestly i admire them so much for how much work they put into something i want that work ethic like <laughs> i Facts. wish i had that work ethic but i don't but at the same time i guess people have to understand that what they work in and what we work for is different so while they're trying to like do their best in making a new album or 
trying so hard to to better themselves in a skill or try to learn a language better we're over here ruby is attempting to speak in public to the best of her abilities and i am a stem major bunsen burner you know so it's like (laughs) (laughs) the struggle the struggles are different (laughs) it's all different but i think we're all working towards a goal there's just different goals for each other and we are all meant to be someone. Okay, so moving swiftly along. Um, as Ruby said before, right now, because the world is so interconnected, we're such a global community, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think it's pretty safe to say that the biggest markets is America. Let's be honest. Um, America has predominantly influenced the entire world. Uh, whether the world has liked it or not, it has happened. And there, in the past couple of years at least, like maybe starting from 2010, there have been a lot of Western influence in Eastern music. Ruby, would you like to start us off? Every, not everyone, but you know, you know that you really made it big if like you're in LA and you're, you know, really big on these Western shows. And so I think for Eastern music, especially, BTS has made huge strides into the industry. But I think we also have to keep in mind that there have been artists before BTS that also came into America and did their thing. But I guess BTS was what like really like finally broke that barrier, I guess. Yeah. And on that note, um, Dynamite got nominated for a Grammy. Which Congratulations! Is so cool. It is so cool. Um, what Suga says, what, what was it? What Suga wants, he gets. Yeah, word. <laughs> His checklist slowly being checked off. I will say though, Dynamite, I feel like, was written for the Western audience. It's definitely catered towards Western music. It's so different from all of their other songs and all of their other like albums and stuff. So honestly, it kind of shocked me when they came out with Dynamite because I was like, this doesn't sound like like the BTS that I have been listening to for years. But of course, the Western industry loved it. Here we are with the Grammy nomination. So many, so many uh, years after. So not only has Korean slash mainstream K-pop been affected by Western influence, but in China, at least, since we're both Chinese and I watch a lot of Chinese TV, um, a lot of the... A lot of the rap and more of the EDM type of music has been heavily influenced by Western slash mainly American um, like artists and things like this. Because if you don't know, East Asia loves their survival shows, like like loves their survivor shows. And it's not like, do you know that show called Survivor from um, America where like you throw people on an island and see how long they can live? I've never watched that show before. Well, things like that exist in America. And it's not like when we say survival show in East Asia, it's not like survivor in -hmm. America. It's more like you get 101 of very beautiful, uh, talented individuals and you pin them against each other for the general public to choose their favorites in order to create the ultimate boy slash girl band. That's what we mean by Survivor Show. And 
a lot of the music that they produce on it or a lot of the like rap survivor shows that they have if you listen to any of the music it's it's really really american influenced like a, a lot of the rappers or like a lot of the artists would be like my favorite influence or an artist that has influenced me is chris brown i don't really listen to chinese rap so i don't I, either <laughs> i don't know what to say to that but i will say that definitely a lot of them they look up to and idolize a lot of american rappers just because justin timberlake he's is not he a rapper, rapper but he's an he's idol not a rapper. no no no, no. <laughs> he's, he's like... not a rapper no but like um, people have said that before yeah like they, they they look up to like american singers and stuff just because it's like wow like look at them they've done this i can do it too a lot of the influence can be attributed to like wanting to enter the global market i think like it's not only because of wow this is the cool style i should be going for these days but it's it's a lot of if i sing something like this or if i produce music in this fashion maybe it can reach a global audience and I, I can become more popular, right? I think BTS is, like, living proof of that. Like, look at Dynamite. Like, it's practically written. Because uh, uh, I'm in the stars. Are we allowed to sing that? <laughs> I don't think we are. I mean, I don't know. Um, but, like, they literally wrote that song for the Western audience. industry audience. And here they are. Like, I, I feel like definitely... Just because, like, especially in K-pop or, like, in C-pop, it's so, like, specific to mainly just, like, Korea or China. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, everyone wants to make it global. You know, they want to go big. And which I think, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I know a lot of SM songs are all, like, written or produced by Western producers or artists. Which I think just shows goes to show like they kind of want to make songs that maybe appeal to the Western audience more. I'm pretty sure it also goes both ways. Being able to utilize Western influence to be able to enter Western market, but also being able to use Western influence in order to get Eastern influence into the Western market, right? Mm-hmm. So like a, a lot of the um, a lot of artists nowadays, at least, are trying their best to like channel more Asian East Asian sounds or traditional East Asian like instruments or accompaniments into music now that they're more popular, which I think is pretty awesome. It's pretty great of being able to showcase like maybe something that wouldn't be heard of or wouldn't really get out there, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And now because of all of this like interconnectivity we have, people who probably would never have listened to anything that was considered like k-pop or c-pop now can because it's something that they're able to digest better i think it also makes me think sometimes because i know people who like you know at the very beginning were going to k-pop it wasn't like an international thing yet and you know people would always just be all like you know why are you listening to songs that you don't even know the language to you know that doesn't even make sense at all but now it's like everyone's like, we love BTS. And, you know, and I, I just wonder, like, I hope that they genuinely do like BTS or like any of these K-pop artists just because, you know, they have worked so hard to get to where they are now. And like they deserve all this recognition. But, you know, 
it makes you think sometimes. I'm pretty sure this this like train of thought isn't just geared towards fan bases. Like it's 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 not just people trying to gain like more popularity in like their schools and stuff like that. But a lot of bigger artists, I'm not gonna name names because we're not gonna start fan wars here. But a lot of bigger artists in the Western world have started to, or at least have tried to do collaborations with a lot of Eastern artists, like especially BTS because they're so well known, right? But um, same with like NCT and maybe, I don't think EXO, but right now a lot of bands at least, like Blackpink, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Some artists genuinely like their style and want to collaborate with them because like they'll make good music together, right? But there are some artists who, like Ruby said, use their name, like their namesake for like clout and to become more popular and to reach a bigger audience. But I'm pretty sure the people, the artists that do this, like just for attention, they get called out pretty easily, I think, by the fan bases and they get like, I don't want to say canceled, but they get into trouble because I feel like you should collaborate or at least you should look into an artist that you really enjoy or like you really respect rather than being like if I collaborate if I collaborate with a Ruby I can make millions like it's it's nothing like that I mean I think most of these artists they do collab because they have similar styles of music I think that's what makes all these collabs really fun Blackpink and Selena Gomez was so cool I oh, love ice cream so, so cool <laughs> And when they did that um, song with Cardi B too, and I was like, that is insane. If you look back, like just, I don't know, two or three years even, you would never even imagine a K-pop group collabing with like Selena Gomez. That would never happen. I think we should manifest a Justin Bieber and NCT collaboration because we all know. Manifesting. (laughs) Manifesting. They are the biggest fans. (laughs) I think the same way that you were talking about how like a lot of traditional instruments are being incorporated into um, a lot of songs nowadays but one of my favorite things is that Annie has talked about Lei earlier he's a part of EXO but he's also just really big in China right now and he always somehow incorporates traditional Chinese instruments into his music and it is so cool because he is just so proud of it and like he'll I think he did interviews with like iHeartRadio and stuff in the U.S. And he'd just be like, oh, I included this instrument in my song. It was like a traditional Chinese instrument. I think it's so cool is that he's just sharing his heritage, his culture of being Chinese with the world through his music. It's just like, wow. And it's, it's, it's not only through his music, too. If you watch any of his performances, because he is a performer. Like, not only is he a musician, but he's a performer. He's a dancer. I think he's a model too, but we're not going to get into that. That, that, That's something for another day. If you watch his performances, like actual singing, dancing type of performances, he also incorporates a lot of Chinese traditional clothing and like the LEDs in the background show like traditional Chinese Mm -hmm. like symbols or art. So he's, like Ruby said, he's really proud of where he's come from and how he is showcasing that heritage to the world. And I think everybody listening should be. Like no matter where you come from or what kind of influence you had growing up, you should be proud of who you are and you should share that with the world. Because I think if we 
share our past and are able to understand each other better, things will be easier. Things will be better. Um, you'll get to learn things that you didn't know before and experience new experiences because who doesn't want to learn more in life? Exactly. Okay, so we've come to the end of our show today. I think this is a little bit of like a get to know us a little bit better, I guess. But I, I hope that people listening maybe found a new song or a new artist they can get into. And with that, our weekly song recommendations. Along the lines of Western and Eastern collaborations, throwing back to one of my favorite artists, Martine, my song recommendation this week is What We Talking About by NCT127 featuring Martine. It is such a good song. I think it's another frat boy song. I think I'm understanding what my vibe is a little bit more now. <laughs> but it's just, it's pretty laid back. It has that little bit of an R&B influence, like I said. Uh, just, yeah, just check it out. And it's all in English. So, ease your way into the K-pop scene. My song wreck. I heard this song for the first time this morning. And it's been on nonstop repeat. But This morning? <laughs> yeah, I heard it this morning. And I haven't stopped listening to it for like the past three hours. It's... Super Juniors, The Melody. They just dropped it like a month ago and I just heard it now. I, I don't know why. But it's such a chill song. And the only reason why I heard it was I was watching them on a show for their 15th anniversary. That's insane. A band for 15 years. <laughs> I know, that's insane. But yeah, they were playing this song. I thought it was a really cool song. It's really, again, my acoustic vibes were thriving in this song. And their vocals are just so pretty and... Super Junior, you, you can't go wrong with the OGs, the melody. It's a good song. Listen to it. I might have to check that out because I didn't know that song existed either. I didn't know either. Um, <laughs> so with that, remember to follow us on Instagram at Across213. Email us at Across213podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear about your favorite artists, your favorite genres, what you think about you know the Western and Eastern music. Could um, you be a K-pop star? <laughs> let us know. Yeah. Tell us how you're doing. Give us a song rec. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on all of your podcast listening platforms. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you really enjoyed it. Okay. Stay safe out there, everybody. Uh, everything's locking down again, at least in Canada. We, we love, love you. you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye.